everyone. This is Sarah McFarland from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Patrick Schoenleitner, a research scientist at Ion Optics, and Dr. Francisco Altamirano, an assistant professor at Houston Methodist. They both recently joined us for a webinar on simultaneous measurements of intracellular calcium, membrane voltage, and contractility of cardiomyocytes. Let's dive in. So the first question is for you, Francisco. This question is, how does action potential duration regulate sarcoplasmic reticulum calcium load? Yes, so the SR uh, calcium loading process depends on the cytosolic calcium availability that will be pumped later by the SR calcium ATPase CERCA. So most of the calcium influx occurs during the action potential plateau. There is the option that this can go to the SAR to refill the store. So longer action potentials can increase the load of the SAR. And this is kind of a mechanism how frequency regulate also the SR calcium content. Okay, fantastic. Our next question is for you, Patrick. This question is, why not use FIRA2 free acid to record calcium transients instead, since this is a ratiometric dye and is more resistant to photobleaching? Yeah, so that's a good question. When we came up with this way of, of measuring action potentials and calcium transient, my aim was to maximize for velocity, right? So if we do it before or two, we would need to switch very rapidly between the two excitation wavelengths, which, you know, we can only do at 250 hertz. So that is one problem. Um, you also get another excitation wavelength into the whole game, and you need to design your whole optical assembly based on these you know, requirements. And with the combination of blue volt and the rod two, we have pretty standard optical equipment there that we can easily reproduce. Yeah, we didn't see that for Fura. Okay, great. Um, Francisco, this question is for you. Well, first this person has said, thank you for your presentation. And then um, they've asked, do you recommend assessing contraction, calcium transients, and voltage in hypertrophic cardiac disease? Uh, yes, so in hypertrophy, there are changes in the action potential, and the action potentials are longer, uh, and these produce some alteration on the calcium handling and contractility. So yes, so if you have a model of hypertrophy studying the whole process of easy coupling with these techniques, it uh, will be very informative. Great. Patrick, this question is for you. This question is actually about one of the videos that you showed. So it's mm -hmm. what preparations were these measurements made from because it looked like a sheet of cells? Yeah, it was basically, it, it was a monolayer. So we, um, our collaborators um, in Amsterdam, they matured them for, um, I think, 30 to 40 days um, and then they played them out. Um, so we can use them, you know, on a regular basis. But yeah, they are, they're monolayers of IPC cells. Francisco, this question is for you. It's about your work. It, it's asking, what's the typical concentration that you used for the fluorescent dyes? Yes, so the fluorescent the calbride we use it at a 20 micromolar for half an hour loading. Kind of we try with low amount at room temperature, uh, with low amount, but we didn't have like a signal to 
use ratio that was that good. So 20 micromolar, half an hour, uh, tw sorry, 25 minutes at room temperature. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. This question is for you, Patrick. Is it possible to record calcium voltage and sarcomere length at the same time? Yes, so we can do that. The only difference between uh, what I showed you in the webinar, the stem cells, and measuring the sarcomere length is just a different way of assessing contractility. But that's all within the same software. And you can just, you know, when you design your experiment, you can choose how to look at sarcomeres or uh, to look at, at, at IPC cells. Okay, this question is for you, Francisco. It is, is there any relationship between PC1 and alternand contractions? And have you looked at that? Yes, so we kind of are interested in alternants uh, and, uh, because it's related to RBS, right? Uh, and we haven't measured yet, but this is our plan. Um, and we kind of contact this person in the UK that developed an algorithm uh, to measure these alternants. So I can answer that question soon. Thank you. Okay, great. Patrick, this last question is for you. Can the cytosolver recognize unpaced contractions for analysis or contractions with very low amplitude? So, yeah, um, I will make it a, a two-part answer. Analyzing contractions that are not um, stimulated, yeah, that's possible. You can not only analyze them, you can also get your beating frequency out of this. So um, this is possible as long as you have a contraction trace. And yes, it depends a tiny bit on how you are setting your, you know, your criteria, the analysis software. And then you can also analyze contractions with lower amplitude. But then obviously, you know, how much error you will introduce with this, this is kind of, yeah, then your own responsibility. Okay, I can accept this type, type of error. Uh, then you can also relax this requirements for the amplitude height and analyze lower amplitudes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.